0: Hi, welcome to Grub for Thought. Today we have a very loaded episode and we are back with Morella. Yay! Hi, Morella! <laughs> our in house uh, nutritional specialist. Uh, we call her multiple things. Um, and with Morella, we have Rachel, who is our marketing associate. Hello. And for those of you wondering why they're sitting together, they live together. They're cousins. Yes. Nice. Yeah, and we've kind of infiltrated into their family, making sure that slowly everyone in their family capable of working with Grubbable can actually start working for Grubbable. So, yeah, uh, we love the family, just (laughs) so everyone knows. Yay, it's going to be us girls talking about um, a few important topics, very topical, very... um, People have different opinions about it, but um, I think today our um, goal is to kind of just address... And understand these um, different issues and kind of really understand some of the science behind it how it came about and then not really taking a stance or choosing one or the other but just kind of understanding and making ourselves better aware of these things so that we can make an informed decision Uh, You know, if you want to do gluten-free, we at least want to know why we want to do gluten-free. And if you want to be, you know, a low-fat person, why we want to be a low-fat person. So um, that's the two topics that we're going to do today. It's going to be a two-parter. So part one would be us talking about all things gluten-free and whether it makes sense for all of us to try this or not. And the part two would be, you know, talking about low-fat low versus full-fat foods. And a big part of that would be the discussion around dairy. And it's just kind of help letting us understand what makes sense for us. You know, if you want to go through a particular diet, does it really make sense for our body? And can we put ourselves through all of that? It takes all of this takes a lot of commitment. So, yeah, so that's kind of a full-packed show today. Oh, my God. Yay. Okay, so before we get started, um, just want to kind of throw some light on a um, few words that usually come up when we talk about different types of dietary lifestyles, right? Uh, some people call it alternative lifestyles because it's not what is always perceived as traditional or natural. Some people call it fads. Some people call it trends. Some people call it reality. Um, so that kind of made us think about how the whole local food movement and the sustainability food movement has, you know, passed through these tests over, you know, the past 10, 15 years. What started off as a fad, you know, with people wanting to support their um, local, you know, farmers or, you know, taking pride in their local origins uh, became a trend. Everyone started doing local and then now it's become a reality because people understand the benefits of choosing local about how little adulteration food goes through, how faster it gets to your plate and how natural it is. It's its got the least amount of industrial processing and most nutrient dense. And the same thing goes to the sustainable um, lifestyle. So because at Grubbable, we stand for local and sustainable, it's kind of a matter of pride for us that now we've finally reached the point where people, most people at least understand that it's become a reality. Like people know that it's, you know, Beneficial to us. So that gives the segue to all the good stuff that we want to talk about, which is the loaded topic of gluten free. It's become a very topical thing. I almost see an article almost every day yeah. on the internet in some journal or the other where people are constantly discussing um, about gluten free, whether it makes sense for everyone to be gluten free, and why people go for the gluten free diet, right? Okay, so let's get started. Uh, it's just going to be an open discussion. We want to learn from you, Marilla, um, some of the things that... Um, some of the science behind this, what makes sense. Um, and then, you know, it's up to us whether we want to do it. If for a lot of people, they say they feel really, really good when they do a gluten-free diet. So we don't want to take a stance and say, you know, I don't think it makes sense for anyone who's not um, you know, gluten, gluten intolerant to do it. But I think we just want to kind of understand what the whole reason you know is for this okay so can you first start off by explaining what gluten is <laughs> okay
1: so in simpler terms gluten is a protein found in wheat barley or rye so you're gonna find us in products like bread cereal pizza even beer um gluten can also be hidden in things sometimes you'll find it in vitamins salad dressings sauces or even your toothpaste too
2: um mm-hmm. Shampoos and conditioners
0: have heard as well.
1: Yeah. In
0: in what? Shampoos and conditioners.
2: Really?
1: Yeah. No, it's everywhere. No, it's everywhere. Gluten's everywhere. Some people choose to be gluten free because you know it might make them feel like they have more energy, or perhaps some people do it for weight loss purposes, or to feel overall healthier. Um, you know, a gluten-free diet really consists of avoiding all products that contain wheat, barley, or rye. Um, and like mm. I said before, that isn't a lot of products. So it is a pretty um, tight dietary restrictions on what you're eating. Mm. Um, so I guess the question is, you know, does being gluten-free make someone healthier? Yeah. Um, you know, it depends. It, There's a disease called celiac disease, where if you do have celiac disease, it's necessary to cut out gluten from your diet in order to feel healthier and to maintain a lifestyle that you can, you know, have better, basically. Um, So celiac disease is an autoimmune disease that disturbs and harms the small intestines when gluten is ingested. Um, This could have long-term side effects, such as nerve damage, osteoporosis, interview interferes with food absorption as well and yeah. uh, you know basically when somebody eats gluten they start to feel really sick almost very immediately wow mm. um and i know rachel's um mentioned that even if you know you're out at a restaurant and gluten just touches a plate or something like that the sensitivity for celiac disease is that real yeah it's like
2: you wow. realize that gluten is sticky it's very very sticky so even if gluten has touched a plate before, just washing that plate for someone with celiac disease is not enough.
0: Oh wow, um, just, just ingesting it is like,
2: yeah. Right, this is why a lot of people who get diagnosed with celiacs have to get all new pots and pans, plates, uh, Tupperware, mm. everything, because gluten, you're not necessarily gonna see it all the time, but it is extremely sticky and it, the residue of it can still be there and if you have, something like celiacs that's incredibly detrimental to you going forward.
0: Okay, wow. And so celiacs is like the severe form of gluten intolerance. But then there are also the milder forms, right? Like there are a lot of people, I think, Rachel, you yourself used to be one, uh, where you can be intolerant or sensitive, where it's not perhaps as severe as celiacs, but you still have some sort of a reaction to gluten every time you eat it.
1: Yeah. So if you have a true gluten sensitivity, um, you know, if you do ingest gluten, some of the symptoms can o- occur in the respiratory system, on the skin, but you're not going to get that intestinal damage as you do with something as severe as celiacs. Okay. Um, so only about one, well, 1% of the population has celiac disease, but a lot of people do have, are gluten sensitive or even have a wheat allergy too.
0: Okay. So even if you're gluten sensitive, the best way forward is to kind of really stop eating gluten, as in stop taking anything that has gluten in it. So, wheat, rye, and barley. Yes. Okay. But, it's, but there's no other medicine. Or, I know it's like, yeah. I
2: think there are, I think there, I believe there are um, medications you can take to help with your, if you have a digestive, more digestive issues with that or allergic issues with that, so that it's not as, detrimental initially um but i i don't think there's just like the gluten pill yeah. <laughs> you know you take it and it's you're you're all cured would have been great right then you yeah, can eat yeah. bread
0: and the gluten pill People
2: and pizza they just don't so i don't <laughs> i don't
0: no. <laughs> no and that's a big deal because wheat is a staple and especially here right wheat is like for instance uh in in, in most parts of asia rice is the bigger um grain that people eat so a lot of gluten allergies are you know people are still not aware of gluten allergies in those parts of the world because uh, you know you're so um dependent on rice most of the time but wheat is also a part of your diet but here predominantly wheat is pretty much in almost everything mm-hmm. so kind of cutting that out is like cutting a big part of your you know eating lifestyle and uh, And I did read a bunch of articles that say, you know, how expensive it is to actually have a gluten-free lifestyle because every other product that could be a substitute or a replacement is a lot more expensive. And like you said, you have to, you know, kind of go through your entire laundry list of all the products that you use, from food to your hair to toothpaste and kind of get rid of stuff. And this was news to me that you had to buy new pots and pans and everything, so you have to kind of have like a, you know mini lifestyle of your own if you're living with you know two other people then you're kind of having your own eating lifestyle mm-hmm. um so does it make sense um for everyone to you know become gluten-free and what are you giving up on like what are the essential nutrients that go missing when you choose a gluten-free lifestyle
2: well, well in, america, in america a lot of, a lot of our
1: business which is a large part of our diet, so that helps us um, maintain a dietary fiber. Yeah, A lot of Americans in the United States are already deficient in fiber, so by removing gluten from your diet, you're kind of exasperating that deficiency already. Now, you can replace that fiber with other things like vegetables and other grains, such as quinoa, that does not contain gluten and beans and things like that but it requires that extra effort and cognizance to do that while you're removing wheat from your diet
0: yeah and whole grain has a lot of cardiovascular benefits right like it helps with heart disease and all of that so some of that goes missing as well and um wheat for most part it's, it's 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 an energy supplement, right, for most of us. We all feel really, really pumped up after eating a ton of carbs mm-hmm. and because it kind of fuels your body. So um, the same can happen with other whole grains as well. So if you're kind of do, being cognizant, like you said, of trying to use better whole grains that can, you know, help you maintain your gluten-free lifestyle, then does that help? Like, you know, I don't think you're really losing a lot of nutrients in that way. Are you like if you're taking supplements, you're taking the extra fiber, extra calcium, making sure that everything else is taken care of?
1: Yeah, there is uh ways to make up for that fiber deficiency when you are gluten free or if you have to be gluten free, definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. but,
0: um, what about all the articles like some of the articles that say or studies that say that, um, I that it's It doesn't make sense to say that if you go gluten-free, you feel better or there isn't any scientific backing to say that you actually have better energy because you're kind of substituting it with something similar that could reproduce similar results in your body. So it should ideally be the same results, right?
1: Yes. There are studies that say, you know, if you do have celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity or a wheat allergy, then yes, you will feel better by removing gluten from your diet. Yeah, if it does not confirm that you have all you know one of those ailments with gluten. Then there's really no scientific backing saying that you're gonna feel better or worse yeah. by gluten from your diet.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. so um, so I think the real question is when a lot of people are getting on the bandwagon for losing weight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that really make sense? Because you know you're kind of substituting something like that, with something else. So it's not really helping you lose weight, is it? Or does it actually help, help you lose weight?
1: So with gluten, removing gluten from your diet, like I said, which is in cereal, bread, pasta, so you are removing a lot of excess carbs out of your diet. Mm. But, but if you choose to replace those products with gluten-free products, sometimes companies make up for the lack of gluten by replacing it with extra or excess sugar, starches, fats, to make up for the lack of taste. So you might be adding additional calories there, where in some cases you could gain weight.
2: Yeah. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Hmm. Yeah. So so, yeah, gluten free, uh, like on some things, has now, in some ways, become like a trigger word of like this is healthy, you know, and and it's not. That's not what gluten free means. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's the real issue here. I think um, over the years a lot of things which we now call alternative eating lifestyles have also been associated with being healthy. Um, Now a a lot of that is debatable um, because uh, the true reason for something like this uh, was because they discovered an actual disease, an actual intolerance that people could not digest a certain, you know, section of foods because their body was not, um, you know, built for it, or they had some some deficient lacking for it. Uh, so that kind of started the whole trend for gluten free, and it's kind of caught on. In fact, I found this article that said in 2014. The the number of people who had adopted a gluten-free lifestyle purely for diet reasons, for losing weight, not for a healthier lifestyle, for losing weight, had tripled, while the number of people with celiac disease, the rate of that had remained the same. So people with celiac disease were increasing at the same rate, while the number of people who were adopting this purely out of, you know, diet reasons had tripled. So it's kind of become... a you know, a place where I think people want to do it because they feel um, like they they can easily lose weight.
2: Yeah, they hear carbs. They think gluten. They think carbs. They think yeah. carbs lose weight. Yeah,
0: but then there's carbon everything else. So there's carbon rice. There's carbon everything else that is you know, typically gluten-free. Quinoa is high in protein. It's a great grain, but that's also carb. Like there is, there, and there's carbs in potatoes. There's carbs in all that stuff, sweet potatoes. Um, So I guess uh, the question is like, I kind of struggle with where, you know, whether it's what's right, what's not, I guess here. Uh, Probably because I do know, like I have a friend who um, who is not gluten intolerant, but she started doing a gluten-free diet, and she felt better. She she used to say that her moods had improved, like she was a lot more positive. She wasn't as irritable as she used to be before, and she started seeing all those changes uh, post she started a gluten-free diet. Now, there's nothing, like, I can't scientifically prove that. She can't scientifically prove that, but I do know that she said that, that this was happening to her, so I've kind of seen that happen to her, and she kind of, you know, but of course, along with that, she changed a lot of other things in her lifestyle, which could have triggered it. Like she started working out a lot more and she started, you know, watching what she was eating. So I guess there's no clear way um, to say what's right or not, but I think it's best to understand what, what reasons are, you know, lie behind something like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, gluten or anything in general can affect someone's body differently across the board, right? So yeah. if she's feeling better, that's great you know but perhaps if i cut out gluten from my diet i might feel not as great as she is but like you said she was adding things like exercise and a couple other things into her lifestyle too that could have the effect as well
2: yeah
1: yes so <laughs> you know, if you if you do feel like you have a gluten allergy or you're gluten sensitive or wheat allergy or possibly have celiac disease it's It's really best to go see a doctor before you start becoming gluten-free. Otherwise, that might skew your test results for evidence and proof that you have an allergy or celiacs or something like that.
0: So You should be actually eating gluten to actually identify an insensitivity to gluten. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, when in doubt, always go to the doctor, right? Absolutely, (laughs) yes. So, yeah, this is interesting. So, I think it's the best argument here is to kind of choose the lifestyle if it's really required Um, and everything in moderation is always good so nobody wants to be eating and you know definitely not cutting out whole grains you know doesn't make sense but yeah like you know white uh, flour and you know white bread stuff like that definitely makes will change your moods for sure will help your digestive system so i guess if if you're trying something and if it's making you feel better i guess there's no bad argument there right like if it's helping you and if you think you're having a positive outlook on life uh but it's always important to probably consult a doctor and then figure out if this is the best way for you um you know turns out a few months into the diet maybe you know your nutrition um, nutrient deficient in some other way and it may be you know affecting you in in a way that you probably haven't even discovered yet mm-hmm. so okay that makes sense so uh, cheeky question: Would you guys go gluten free ever?
2: I have been gluten free for a period in my oh, life. Was it? A few, couple periods in my life, not not consist. I, it, when I was younger, it was more consistently. As I've gotten older, I don't feel that the I don't have as much sensitivity to it, and don't see the immediate need to to be gluten free. But more of like what you said of moderation of everything. So. Yeah. Um, I have family members though that swear by not eating gluten and
1: they love it and then hmm, well then there's this. So personally I would find it very difficult to become fully gluten free because mm-hmm. I don't like cereal and bread and pizza. But I do keep all of those things in moderation. You know, I'm never gonna choose white bread at the store. I will always choose the whole wheat bread. Yeah. Will I eat pizza every night? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you won't look like this if you ate pizza every night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the same goes for me. Like I said, uh, wheat and rice are our staples. um, And I don't think I can fully give up. But again, at the same time, I don't see myself eating, uh, you know, um white bread you know it's a, most of the time it's some form of whole grain that i choose um so i guess staying healthy staying smarter is probably what i would go for um you know and i think i probably would never choose gluten-free because of my lack of willpower i guess maybe
1: i say yes. if i want well, to have when, when rachel was gluten-free in an effort to help her i was eating all the gluten in the house <laughs> Chips, bread—it just all went to me. I didn't want her to be tempted by gluten. Oh wow! Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, it'll have to come from the doctor for me to become gluten-free. Yes, I will have to agree there, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this was great. I think a really good conversation, and I think we need to have more such conversations because it's all about awareness, and the more we know, the better we are, uh, the smarter choices we make, and it could be something as simple as gluten-free to something as important as what we had with Dr. Khan for vegan, uh, whether it makes sense to do that, and Ultimately, we'd never say this or the other. It's, it's really up to each one of us. Our body makeups are different. Our willpowers are different. Our taste buds are different. So um, whatever works for us, right? Nice. All right. So let's end this uh, part right here and move on to the next part, which is um, a similar discussion where we're going to talk about low fat versus full fat and what makes sense and uh, what's the, you know, a little bit of science behind it as well. So see you at part two. Check out the link
2: below to to figure out part two, to find part two. (laughs)